So I started working in Yosemite in 2005, and the first year that I was here, I lived in the Ranger Club. I wasn't really familiar with this building or its history. I remember walking into the living room here and seeing all these neat little lights and this dark wood, this craftsman style, and just immediately was kind of blown away by how charming and intimate this space was. It is the first building designed for the park. It was designed by the Park Service for the specific purpose of a Park Service government function. That function being to house park rangers. The park was a park for over 50 years before the National Park Service was actually established. And one of the things that had, had happened in those first 50 years was there was just kind of a haphazard development over in the South Village area. From 1890 to about 1914, the whole park was managed and run by the cavalry. The cavalry and the army set up various forms of housing, various forms of structures, particularly down by where Yosemite Lodge is today. In 1916, this new agency was created, the National Park Service, and the first director was a man named Stephen Mather. Stephen Mather was a self-made millionaire, and he was so motivated for there to be a home for the rangers in Yosemite that he used his own money to pay for the construction of the Rangers Club. Mather hired architect Charles Sumner to, to design this building to serve as a clubhouse for rangers and also to start to set the tone for what the rustic design theme for the parks would be. When you look at the steep roof, the, the pitch of the roof and the detailing that was done here when Charles Sumner was hired in the 19-teens, he was asked to develop something that was unique that would fit the character of the National Park. The philosophy of thinking, the, the granite and the snow during the wintertime and the mountains, the thinking was, let's incorporate into this structure influence of the Tyrolean. Tyrolean meaning Austrian Alps. You can see some of that European influence is picked up here. What he took, the, the, sort of the design cues that they took from some of the good architecture that had been developed in the parks, the use of native materials, the wood shakes, the log detailing, uh, the stone fireplace and foundation, just materials from around the building to help the building to blend in with its natural setting. There are few buildings that maintain integrity as well as the Rangers Club. A ranger that would walk in, that lived here in 1920, would quickly look at the living room, the dining room, and those spaces and say, Nothing's changed. Some of the architectural details of the Rangers Club that really evoke the past, the days of the mounted ranger, uh, we see with these lighting sconces, this nice RC logo punched into this piece of leather, the little tassels. These are very evocative of bridle tack, the kinds of things that you'd put on horses. We also have horseshoes that are incorporated into some of the beams of the building. Uh, the wagon wheel lamps in the dining room and the living room the fireplace tools are in a horseshoe rack. So throughout the building we see a lot of details that reflect the era around 1920 when the Mounted Ranger was sort of the icon of the national parks. Between the living room and the dining room in the Rangers Club there's two reading nooks that are filled with books. Some of these books have been here for you know 80 or 90 years. I don't even know any <laughs> most of these authors or titles but when I open it up the first thing I see is this Yosemite Rangers Club Library book plate, you know, this little graphic that was stuck in all the books. 
These books are historic artifacts in their own right. They were all donated either by rangers or by ranger families or other families that really appreciated what it meant to be a ranger and what the rangers did. For example, in this book called The White Tower, inside we find a letter written by a thankful visitor who wrote to the superintendent appreciating the daily routine of the ranger's life. And as a token of his appreciation, he gave them this book. I lived in the Ranger Club for about a year, and I kind of looked around and I saw this piece of furniture. It looked like a cabinet. There was some, something on top of it. And one day I just decided, what is that piece of furniture? And so I investigated it and I lifted the lid up and it's a record player, a Victrola, an old, you know, hand-cranked record player with some old records on it. Still in the Ranger Club and has been since the early days. You know, we think of national parks, we think of the waterfalls, we think of the trees, we think of nature. You know, we don't necessarily think of the human story. And the cultural resources that are protected by the national parks, in many cases, are just as important, if not more important, than the natural resources. We have an amazing historic architecture legacy to preserve here. We have five national historic landmarks in the park, which is the highest level of historic significance for buildings on the National Register of Historic Places. It's a balance, and we're talking about preservation protection of the valley. It's not just the, the granite walls and the river, it's those significant historic buildings and landscapes as well. They're irreplaceable. I mean, you know, Stephen Mather gave the money for this building to be designed. He was here when it was being designed. He, he slept in this building, he walked in this building. The steps are worn by the footsteps of every park ranger who ever lived in this building. There's, there's a tradition that's, that's just preserved, and it would be tragic to lose any of these. I'd like to think that there's rangers who haven't even been born yet who will live in the Rangers Club. And hopefully these rangers of the future will make a connection to the past and learn this rich history of Stephen Mather, of Yosemite, and of the National Park Service.